Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our podcast. In today's episode, we'll talk about who? I think we will talk about a certain Japanese person. I'm talking about <laughs> the best guy you could always know and talk to. Wow. I wonder who that could be. A special guest? Is this a guest? I think he hates Sisig. He hates Sisig a lot. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> hates Sisig for some reason. Oh, I don't my. know why. Damn. All right. It's me, Kenji. <gasps> hey! <Whoa>. Let's go! <laughs> but, uh, but just to clarify things, I'm not Japanese. I just have a Japanese nickname. What up? Right. <laughs> so what does Kenji... Wait, what? What? Are you serious? Yeah. I like the fact that you, you guys more look Asian than me. Well, we are Asian. Okay. Oh, wait, we are... Get a problem? <laughs> we are Asians, uh, yeah, man. Jenny, We're not Pacific about? Islanders, uh, man. Um, fuck, I sound so... Fuck. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, my God. Asian lives matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, sorry. Wow. I'm so sorry. Um, cool. That's just me being so, my know, usual self. We are we are losing Man, ourselves. Like, yeah, we're, what what we're yeah, supposed to talk true. about? Oh, forgot. We're here to talk about the self, well, mm-hmm. and how I discovered myself as a person. And honestly, I feel like identity is something crucial to a person's life. Like who you are is how you're being perceived by other people and yourself and i feel like how i got to be the person you're talking to today is important and that is one of the hardest questions to answer in philosophy diba i mean for yeah. thousands of yeah. years philosophers always asked who am i and what identify as a person that is true diba? yes and yeah. there's still no you know there hasn't been any concrete answers you know answers yeah. comes from you know depending on your culture or your racial identity yeah that's it's just true. never one answer you know a lot of just to clarify we're not here to answer those questions mm-hmm. but we're gonna dive into it mm. and just you know share our thoughts on it yeah same here. okay so how i see the issue is that you know i think of like who i am as a person how i became the person i am today I think it all boils down to the things that we've experienced in our lifetime. Like, to think of it, like, we wouldn't be here if we didn't study in the same school. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be here if we didn't talk to each other every morning to spend <laughs> time together. Like, yeah, considering, like, how small of a time we stay in this universe, it's actually amazing how we can create something like this a special bond between two three bros lasting until college it's actually but like, getting accused of being insensitive <laughs> but it's kind of <laughs> for me it's like amazing it's like okay i knew uh, i knew uh kenji first then i met Edo in grade 11 and i think it was me or you just guys met Right, right away because I, I was always talking to Kenji during like before class starts and I think that's how you guys started like talking and getting to know each other yeah it definitely makes it out there it's interesting how such a small gesture of like greeting someone every morning could lead to this yeah and, and that- it could really develop somewhere and I mean to say that at the wide scale of things, I do believe in destiny or fate. But, of course, you have to do your part to fulfill that promise. That's true. So, yeah, at the small part of it, yeah, I believe that we should do our part to put us into the position. But at the same time, I kind of feel like, you know, like, there's this, I don't know, like, this mystical force that's, like, governing how, who we meet how we meet them and eventually if they're gonna stay with us forever or not like people come and go in our lives and to be honest like there are so many people in this world and it's honestly surprising how li- how small of a person the people we meet in our in this world actually stays in it yeah and it always leaves me wondering it's true i wonder what's going on with them i know of them but I don't really know who they are, like, as a person. 
it's like you know them that they're like your classmates or your like your group mates but it's like you never reach that level of friendship like where you started talking like late night talks about everything where you started to share your dreams your passions and the struggles that you went through with the with 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 someone you don't even know who's gonna like listen to you or yeah it's, it's just amazing that we were all able to connect with one another and we were able to form this friendship and i'm just really grateful for that like i was never certain of who i was even back then i was always the happy-go-lucky kid who would just want to do things just for fun i didn't take things seriously in school and honestly i didn't even know why i was in school in the first place i just felt like life was meaningless and whenever i do something or i messed up i always question myself why and it came to the point that i actually didn't know what i was into i would say back then as a kid i would say i would say that i was into pokemon you know like i was really into pokemon one of my best childhood memories was because of pokemon and i still am actually yeah you still are yeah not as much as a kid man like i'm into a lot of things now in college definitely But yeah, if I had to really say something, but um, yeah. how my life was, yeah, happy-go-lucky. But for some reason, not a lot of people agreed with that. I wasn't being realistic. I felt like I was living in a fantasy. And yes, I can admit that I was still a kid. I didn't know how harsh reality could be. And honestly, when I got older, I, I was aware of what was going on around me. I knew that life wasn't just this game that we were playing in that we had to actually get serious. And in a way it made me appreciate life even more. Like what what influenced you? Yeah. The f- the fact that people yeah. were bullying me back in the day because I was different in a way that for my age I kind of felt weird. Not be- it's just because I was passionate about something. I was energetic, full of energy, like a typical kid, but you know, something about it just felt weird to them. And do I resent them for telling me that? Well, yes, but I know it's not going to get me anywhere. And honestly, it's just better to accept it and just know to know why you feel attacked. Or why you went wrong somewhere? Why do these people say that you're, let's say, childish or weird? It doesn't matter at the end of the day. At before, when I wasn't aware of it, I definitely didn't hide it at all. But when people start um, started to, you know, say something like that, these comments, I kind of started to hide myself. Like, I think this is where it all started, where I didn't trust that many people. I didn't want to get hurt anymore. Yeah, I shouldn't be listening to them. Who are they to me? But it goes to the point mm, that... That's right. It goes to the point that it's hard because everyone, you know, everyone agrees to it. And sometimes you just feel like maybe you're messed up, man. Maybe they're right. Mm-hmm. These doubts are in your head and what can you really do about it? As a young kid, that was the moment I realized, you know what? You have to toughen up. You're too soft for the harsh reality that we live in. And at first, it might sound tragic because damn, how could a kid face such a thing? But I think in some shape or form, everyone faces these triumphs. And these times helps us to become the person that we are. Whether we like it or not, it helps us to shape us to the person we are today. But you know, thinking about it, you lost, you kind of lost your identity because you know, you want to fit in with people, right? Because you are aware of what they think of you. So you kind of lost part of you or you just try to hide that part of you, right? I don't think I've ever lost that part of me. Or, or hide it. I felt like 
I wouldn't hide it. It's more of like, um, if people don't give a shit about you, why would you even, and like, express yourself? I feel like this part of me, I would only give it. I would only express it whenever I'm people who I genuinely trust, who I genuinely know that will not judge me, and even mm-hmm. if they do judge me. They don't hate me for it. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I can feel accepted for what I'm doing or like being quote-unquote weird, being quote-unquote different. Let's be honest with ourselves. Everyone in their some say perform, they're different in some yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as normal. Mm, that's true. If, if there is something normal in this world, that's very boring. That's pretty much boring and that's not what it means to be human. It's like being robotic in some sense. But, you know, how would you define something normal? You know, what is normal yeah. then? Like, what is normal for you? Like, what do you find? Like, it's like, it's pretty boring. And because, it's just... like, if you define, like, like, in my opinion, okay. Um, because, like, norms are shaped by societies, right? These norms are shaped by societies. So if everyone is just as energetic as you, that is the norm. But it turns out that you know, your friend, your you know, those people who bully you are kind of lethargic or just kind of tired. That's why they think, that's why they bully you because you're energetic. I think the, so. You're against the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the idea of normal right. is just a close-minded perspective and how a person should live out their lives. Mm. So, in my opinion, mm. being normal means that you're not taking a risk to actually express yourself genuinely, because you're putting yourself in place in those norms i definitely agree with what you said about those definitions um i'd say but like do do you think that there's anything wrong with being normal then there isn't or like is it is, is it something that everybody should achieve just being normal no definitely not if a lot of people would tell you that you're normal just because you know you're just normal then What's so interesting about you then? If supposedly everyone was supposed to be their own unique individual, wouldn't that mean that concept of normal shouldn't exist? How would you describe mm-hmm. uh, a uniqueness in a person? Like what makes a person unique? They're into their own thing. They have their interests, their hobbies. Um, they live in this place. They prefer something that others don't. They disagree and they agree. But that's the thing. I just don't know why there are some people who think that they're trying to, you know, be themselves. But I just don't know why there are some, like, yeah, like people are just like shunning them just for being themselves. That's like the thing I just don't get. And why is that? And because it's it's easier. Because people like, you know, people like to, or, or, you know, society likes to, likes dumb people. You know, they don't want intelligent people because intelligent people are harder to control, mm. right? So if, you know, if they dumb down people and they're easier, you know, make them easier to follow what they say or live a normal life, you know, you do this, you do that, you, your, your whole life would be, you know, living in in a illusion or your whole life is just a control uh, or you know being controlled so like you know what Trini said I think you know being unique it's just basically going against the norm really but you have the re- you know you have to be you know brave enough to do that because people will criticize you for being abnormal but that's yeah. the thing like being unique and like in today's world is a given Like, mm-hmm. considering the fact that we live in a globalized world, everyone could technically be weird in a certain culture. Mm-hmm. So, if we go to that logic of like putting ourselves in par of um, the rules and regulations given by society, I think someone else normal in this society could be weird on another so 
would you say that you know those SJWs are <laughs> unique? <laughs> in oh. the sense that they're going, they're everyone, like all of them are going against the norm. They you are. Know, they all criticize the norm. I mean, to say that the SJW, okay, let's say, let's assume in your case that they do judge everything in the norm. But you have to understand why they're at, we're questioning it. If they're just simply questioning it just for the sake of it and they don't actually like have a valid point to it, then that's nonsensical. What are you doing? That's just being outside the box without a reason. And, and you know, thinking about it, a lot of us are encouraged to think individually, yeah. right? Yeah. Give people, give you know, power to the people or the individual. So, you know, there must come to a point in time where uniqueness will be lost if everybody's unique. That will be the norm then of everybody being unique. So what then is, you know, what's the point of being unique in a society where everybody's encouraged to be unique? I that's a good question, actually. How it, that, that's actually fascinating in some sense. But yeah. I think some, being unique is di- it's an it's a ever-so-changing concept, you know, like... We could say someone in this generation um, being into disco would be weird. Because that's like one out of a thousand, one out of a million or something. Like, I don't think I know anyone who's into disco in, in our generation. But if you look at it back then, a lot of people were into disco. So at the end of the day, it's a matter of self-interest. You're into this because it makes you happy. And I think in everyone's um, best interest it should be respected yes, that's right and you know okay so where did we talk about what, what was the last thing we talked about before going to the unique one because you were, you were talking about you know being bullied and yeah. you know, things yeah. like that so did that you know shape you know um, did that, did that kind of you know, help you realize what yeah. you wanted in the future yeah definitely no. Um, it taught me to be the, to be that type of person to be open. I felt like I was mm-hmm. the, I wanted to be that person, that someone wasn't there for me. Um, the fact that I was bullied, the fact that a lot of people were close-minded about my personality. I said to myself, I don't want anyone, and I say anyone to feel that way. Yes. I will admit that I can hate sometimes, and that's part of being human. But as much as possible, mm-hmm. it's always important for me to keep an open mind. Because at the end of the day, we're not perfect. We can commit mistakes. No one is. No one is perfect. Yeah, no one is perfect. And the fact that you would put someone into your standard of living a life is kind of close-minded. And that shouldn't be, unless this person is doing something plain out wrong in terms of moral ethics. That's the only time I'd hate someone. Uh, Kenji, it's like, how do I say this? I just, it's like, would you want to like, you know, it's like say thank you to these people, the ones who did, like in a, in a sense, like, are you like a bit thankful for them? Like they shape I wouldn't you th- obviously obviously I wouldn't thank them for giving me a hell of a time but I have to recognize them as some as a part of me would say yeah it's because of them that I got to be the person I am today and every component that made a person as who they are even the bad parts of it is part of an individual's growth I wouldn't thank them, obviously. That's weird. Exactly. That's, I'm so- that's just wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Would I'm you sorry. think I someone... I think I kind <laughs> of phrased it wrong. My bad. But, uh, what? but like, you know, I've mentioned this before, but, you know, I think an individual's identity, you know, is also shaped by their struggles, you know, in their life. So, like, Kenji, the struggle that he had when he was younger, younger of being bullied, transformed him to be a person who cares for another person, right? Yeah. That's another way of, that's another way to put it. So just imagine though what how would you describe a life without any struggle at all? Man, what what is that? That's 
like if you're asking me what it means to be human suffering is like a main component and i think this yeah. is something exactly. but what hap- what happens if you move that suffering like everything will be fun everything will be joyous just like in heaven you know everything is perfect man this sounds like life without struggle this sounds like buddhism yeah but but like i think that at one point for me life without struggle would be very boring that's true definitely boring like okay like in relation to buddhism like i mentioned like um the main the first buddha okay i'm i'm not sure about his name but siddhartha gautama gautama tama ba am, am i correct or, Siddhartha Gautama Anyways um, Just to put it briefly I'm not an expert Um, He experienced three things Aging The sick And poverty And that made him say I wanna end all suffering And he wanted to um, Isolate himself from it I think At some points of the story He literally meditated under a tree Until he was like starving he was starving man mm-hmm. and then he reached enlightenment and to say that that's a life but without yeah. suffering damn what a life yeah what does that mean yeah but would you would you would you, would you really want to live a life without any suffering at all or any challenges i don't think i wouldn't think so i wouldn't think so diba Yeah. And if you don't have any struggles, exactly. It's like, doesn't make sense. You're not even hurt. If everything is just being handed down to you, if you're hungry, there's food. If you need help, there is help. Then what's the point of like living yeah. then? Yeah. The, the, the idea of like just in games, just imagine if you cheat every yeah. time, then that game would start to yeah, get boring. True. There was there was this scene yeah. in a movie that I remembered. Um, one of the main characters said that um, it was because of this guilt it was because of this feeling I had for you it's the only reason why I live to be human and mm-hmm. I found that as an interesting concept because they were in uh, purgatory right these two characters in purgatory the late the one of the main characters could have just, just moved up to heaven but she said but she decided to not do because she said to herself she does not want to get rid of this feeling this feeling of anger disappointment and grief because this is the only thing that reminds her that she's actually a human being and with those emotions ties to the good times they had with this person it's because of the hate the sorrow she felt for this person because she loved him i feel like the reason why we would get angry at someone we would feel sad for them it's because we care for them the fact that we're feeling something mm-hmm. for them yeah we genuinely care about their well-being and the, you know the worst part in a relationship is where you know where the other person starts to feel indifferent towards you or like just feels nothing towards Damn. you when you cheat she won't get angry or she won't do anything about it she said like, eh. that's you know that's really the worst part of her relationship that's actually my scary. god that's actually scary and that's why i did point out that scene in the movie i've seen because i think that's and that's uh, i mean like for everything it's what made it valuable the fact that you're willing to bear suffering for someone like him that tells a lot about how committed you are to this person it tells a lot how much you love the person but you know there, there, there comes to a point where a person gets angry not because of you know of another thing or but that person gets angry because he feels offended you know he hurts him you know he felt hurt that's why he got angry instead of you know being worried for somebody else you know that kind of anger is very egotistical you know that is true but because yeah but that's just being human like of course if you got offended yeah. by something you do have the right to feel such a way but it's up to you to 
what you're gonna how you're gonna like channel that anger like what are you gonna do with it don't tell me you're just gonna break stuff just because you're angry because someone offended you you just have to learn and i think that i think for me it's just you, like, you have to process it like i know it's like of course like you said we're all human and we have this eternal like something in us that wants to be let out but in the it's the thing is it's scary what if we like what if that our anger can hurt someone else that makes just makes us more like a shitty person so i just think that but you know when you're angry you really don't think about this yeah things. but yeah right because you're driven by emotions when would you have the time to actually process that you're actually yeah, angry I'm just, and, yeah, I'm and just, actually it's a good um, it's a good question to say that like if we're angry then we're not processing it properly then people would say that yeah, we're close yeah. to animals we're stupid things yeah. we're close to animals they say when we're angry so it's like a sudden but instinct. you know I've read this book recently it's in like yeah. That's okay. I'm just saying that's like a Yeah, exactly. We're driven by our instinct. So I read this book. It's by this Indian mystic named Osho. And you know, he talked about emotional wellness, right? Or, and you know, we think that, you know, we can process all of our ideas when we're angry. Diba? Yeah. But really we can't because we are we are one with our mind right now. And our mind is like this, you know, recorder that records everything else around us. You know, our society, our culture, our parents. And you know, what triggers us is not actually within us, but it's actually outside us. So influences. You know? um, and triggering, triggering our emotions, just like, you know, using a remote control and turning it on. That's how people get you mad. You can't get mad on yourself. There should, there should be somebody else to make you mad. Diba? That's actually true. Yeah. And so he proposed that, you know, there's two things in our body. There's a mind and there's awareness or consciousness or, or a soul, diba. Right? And like, you have to separate these two things together. And when you're gonna get mad, instead of getting mad right away, using your awareness that's separated from your body, you see this thing as an object, your anger as an object. Be a witness instead of being angry. And that's requir- that requires meditation. And, you know, it sounds very stupid, actually, for me at first. But, you know, I've begun to, like, embrace the fact that there's something mystical about this world. You know, I don't believe that rationality is the answer to everything. Because, you know, there, 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 there must be something that we humans cannot understand. So, would you say that... But wouldn't you say that that's a form of um, ignorance? Yeah. Well, I thought of that before, but, you know, I thought it was ignorance. But, you know, suddenly it dawned on me that human minds are, you know, it's, it's just very limited. We're just humans, and how much can we actually think? You know? Using our five senses, it's just very limited to like really experience everything around us. And you know, because of Taoism or you know, because of this Indian mystic, I began to like just embrace the notion that there's something out there or this mystical thing. It's very interesting that you mentioned Taoism yeah. because I was gonna mention like Taoism in the sense of the concept of the chi, like the mm-hmm. force of everything that governs the universe like if mm-hmm. if it's something to easily digestible for those that aren't familiar to it i would compare it to star wars with mm-hmm. the force it's everywhere mm-hmm. but in some way it's there without us even knowing yeah chi mm-hmm. would be the life force of something right yeah. yeah so that's definitely and, and remember the yin yang oh, yes. yeah yeah the yin and yang yeah yeah so the but they cannot be separated the black and the white yeah so yeah let i'll just say that you know rationality is something white and irrationality is something black so like for me to really be a person i have to embrace the fact that there's just something irrational in this world 
and there's just something rational in this world, you know? I mean, why do paradoxes in- exist, Diva? It's true. You have a point. Why, why are there such things as paradox? So, in a way, how I see this, it's like we have to accept that there are some things that we, there, there are some things that cannot be explained. Yeah, and there's some things that can be explained. And, mm-hmm. and so, these things that can be explained is, you know, learned through the mind, and, but those things that can't be explained is learned through the heart. You know, we have to feel that. That's true. You bet? Yeah. So, the heart and the mind should be working together. Instead of just the mind. And that's definitely something interesting because yes. if I had to be honest, like um, a lot of scientists do believe in God. Mm. Even if science would um, disprove the notion of God existing. But the thing that religion offers that, re- that science can't is the sense of... Um, of within. Of within, yeah. Thank you. Um, it's that feeling that you can't really express but it really makes you satisfied with how you really want to live your life and what makes it valuable i feel like i think so sorry uh i think for me it's like our brains it's i think it's also like how we i'm not saying that we don't have a heart i think it's all lead up to the brain because i remember there was a thing that I read during back in high school like half of our brain like just I don't know if it was the right or the left side that our right side thinks about with our emotions then our left side thinks about with our knowledge and I think that comes in play with um, with our religion with our with the facts that we know I think it's like a way of how we combine them together and how we perceive everything do you agree with me or it's just me yeah I agree with you I definitely agree with that as well but what I don't agree with was, you know, there's, there's such a thing as a dominant side. Mm. There's a dominant right and dominant left. I don't really believe so in that. So you should believe that like, there's a um, balance. Is that like a brain? Lo- like in sense the of the... logical and the creative mm. thing. But would you say like... You, know, um, you guys have heard of it? Since you mentioned that, do you believe in like IQ? IQ? EQ. That I, I actually have not, you know, I, I, I have I have not really delved that deep down into IQ, so I wouldn't know much about it okay so okay so i actually got into a little bit of it and it was interesting to discover like um i think there was a youtuber by the name of um one of his lectures um jordan peterson he was really known for the going against the canadian bill that would compel speech but i think that's a very interesting topic for another episode but i'd like to talk about one of his lectures where he pointed out like individuals like people are born with different iq levels and according to him certain amount of iq should accumulate to a certain occupation because in his logic why would you give yourself a hard time given that your iq can only reach that level of understanding of various concepts and given that life is already hard as it is, why would you even want to add stress to it? And yeah, it's not liberal, but it does have a point to lessen suffering by putting people in the right place based on their IQ level. I have a question. So, yeah? since we're talking about intelligence here, uh, yeah. so if you want... As a person, we're growing, right? So, would you want to be? Would you grow to be an intelligent person, or would you grow up to be a wise person? Because that's a thing that I'm like. It's really intelligence and wise. Like wisdom. Mm. Like, would you? Would ah, you okay, like, okay. Share yourself with wisdom and give that to people, or would you share the knowledge that you acquire and just teach the masses? I'd say, I'd say, I'm more leaning to the latter, wisdom, right? Because I feel like wisdom can guide a person's life throughout their lives. They can carry that throughout their lives. Knowledge is something that people could potentially forget like as each generation go by. What if this knowledge was actually wrong in the first place? And that's something important to bear in mind. I think wisdom is a principle while knowledge is an information. So as a... Hmm. No, like, okay, I'm actually curious about oh. what AG thinks about, like, um, wisdom and knowledge. Like, what makes them different oh, and which definitely. one you would rather pick? Honestly, I would 
pick two of these, you know. No, if you had to pick wisdom. one. Like only one. If I had to pick one, it's really hard because I really don't believe in polarity or like sticking to one thing. I mean, yeah, that's but true. That is a fallacy. If I have to favor <laughs> one more, if I have to favor one more over the other, I would go for wisdom. Because honestly, at this age, I think I think that we just have too much knowledge, man. We just have too much too much knowledge, but too little wisdom to know what to do with the knowledge. That's, yeah, that's the that's yeah, the thing I want. That's why we you know we're destroying our ecology, and etc. etc. That's actually true. So mm. yeah, wisdom is yeah, Wisdom is definitely important. Yeah, and so like I said, this, oh, this, this can't really be taught. Yeah, you know, this has to be learned by your own. Yeah, I mean that's the hard thing. It's hard to teach wisdom. And if wisdom is taught, then that's knowledge. Right? Isn't that like... Isn't that like the idea of philosophy? Like, you'd hear out their perspective on it. But that doesn't mean yeah, that... Yeah, but you would think about it yourself as well. You know? You would, you'd have your own take on it. Mm, I right? see. Because for me, uh, the best way to really learn wisdom is to self-exploration or through yourself. Yes. Sure, wisdom can be passed from one to another. But it, at a certain point, it just becomes knowledge, right? If there's a book of wisdom, that would that would just fall off. That, that would just fall on nonfiction books. Mm, yeah. I mean, sure, knowledge can change your perspective, but true wisdom must come from yourself. So yeah. definitely, um, like I said a while ago, I did say that wisdom is a principle and knowledge is information so that's a very nice way to put it yeah and i would say um i'm actually curious what you think trinidad since you asked that question you didn't quite um, okay since uh my course is about teaching and i know that information and knowledge is important to teach kids but deep down i want to make sure that kids also learn values because I think values what shapes a person, not the knowledge they need. I, I just don't... Uh, like, when I think about IQ levels, it's like, are you really that intelligent? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doubting that you're intelligent. I'm just saying that you don't need a scale to prove that you're intelligent. It, it's, it matters what you can teach and what you can influence people. That's what I think intelligence is, basically, in my perspective. But, yeah. But, like, deeper IQ is just a bunch of tests. Like on math and science, is that IQ tests? Well, because are those IQ tests? IQ tests for there's abstract reasoning. Mm. Mm. IQ is like a test of like um, intelligence essentially. Mm. But intelligence in what? Like memorizing? Because if we memorize fact and we know a lot of facts, does that really mean that we're intelligent? I think it's just basic motor skills or like mm. I'm not really sure the. I'm not really sure. I'm not a psych, okay. a, psycho- a psychologist major, but um, but I think. Here's a question. Okay. But you, you mentioned about Jordan Peterson, like dividing. You know, with your IQ, you should divide people through. You know, what they can do, right? In terms of career path, yes. Yeah. Right. But what? How about you know when it comes to voting? Then should we separate people with different IQs? That's. Or should we not discriminate? Or like voting is for everybody. It's for me. It's that's a hard question because it depends how I how do you see voting as a process? Is it something every individual have, or is it something that has such a huge responsibility that only certain people have the right to pick for the people? Well, if you're thinking about if you're thinking about it, voting is actually a huge responsibility in a democratic country because you're you're basically choosing your you're choosing your leader, and you that's know? the thing. You're choosing the one, yeah. So and it's if you're gonna give everybody the equal chance, that sounds good, right? Freedom to everybody. In paper, it sounds good. But, yeah, but like, how sure are you? You know, that they actually know what they're doing. Because voting is all about biases, and if we can like, and a lot of the voting nowadays is based on feelings, yeah. right? how a certain politician make you feel. And that's actually right? an. Duterte, right? Yeah, I mean Duterte, Duterte was able to touch people's heart. Uh, that's, but like, mm, 
Yeah. I think what the the problem with the political landscape in every country, in my opinion, is the fact that we base the person's skill based on their identity as a person mm-hmm. and not their actual credentials. Mm-hmm. I think there is a need to actually like imagine a presidential candidate. You don't know them. You can't see their face. You don't know their personal background. You just know their opinions on certain sub in certain issues, and that's it. You don't need to know mm-hmm. them. And by principle, and by doing so, I think we get to pick a good leader because we agree with their ideologies. Because if we have mm-hmm. a personal bias towards, let's say, a certain culture or a certain well let's say identity like oh this person is catholic this person is um, muslim he's a boy he's a girl he's black he's white i think we have those biases there are those biases and to eliminate the concept of identity in voting is actually more free because you're not being judged by your identity but you're being judged by your the problem is once you know once you reveal who that politician is people might just suddenly back out you know like they uncover the veil and oh my god that's you and that's the problem i feel like in the society we're too easy to judge and we don't give people the chance but in i understand in a democracy people have the right to protest and the right to express themselves but if you don't give people the chance to actually govern you guys, then what opportunities are you actually giving to this person? And since this is an episode you about did, Kenji, yeah. what, you know, do you want to talk about your, you know, how did you like, how did this heart for politics came to you? And how did oh. it influ- or how did his passion for politics and come to you? And what influenced you actually? Actually, um, in my family, I'd say that they're very political. I mean, in the sense, um, my grandfather did work in our government before. So definitely, he was one of the reasons why I got influenced to politics. And man, seeing... Here's an interesting thing. Do you know my girlfriend's grandfather? What? Her grandfather was the personal doctor of Emilio Aguinaldo. Oh, that's actually cool. That's scary. That's cool, but yeah, scary. Diba? Okay. Oh, no, no. I mean, Emilio Aguinaldo, ba? Hindi, basta he was the president of the Philippines. Is it the first president? Mm, not sure. I think it's, it's Quezon. Man- oh, Manuel, yeah, Manuel Quezon, Quezon pala. Yeah. Damn. He was the no, personal doctor of Manuel Quezon. Oh. That's cool. That so, guy did like his cigars. <laughs> Man. But like, yeah, um, to say that I was into politics because, yeah, my grandfather was part of it. Not really a big role, but definitely played a good part in the executive branch of government. And I'd say, um, I, la- I have a lot of relatives who are part of the political landscape, but it's not because I'm like an oligarch. Okay, just to clarify, I don't like the idea of using a family name as a means to gain political power. I could just have been inspired by what they did. Yeah, like, hmm. I don't think it runs in my blood. It just so happens that I got into it because I like helping out people. I like, there is a need to change what's going on in, like, in today's political landscape, especially in, here in the Philippines. Yes, definitely. I gotta say, it's just... And you look like, you know, you look like the father of Nino Aquino. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hmm... Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. With those really? glasses. With those glasses, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, no. As he removes it. Come on, I don't. Now you I look don't. like a just. You, now you just look like a Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Man, can I not look like something that I'm not? <laughs> but like, anyways. Go on, go on. Um. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it's a lot of bloody politics. Like, damn, who who would be into politics, man? Like, Jesus Christ. A lot of people are killing each other, a lot of corrupt politicians, but yeah. there's a need for change. And honestly, like, I want to be that change or at least be a part of it. 
I have a question. Like, what makes you, what, what, like for you, what do you think about corrupt politicians? Since you mentioned them, it's like when I think of corrupt politicians, it's like I have nothing to do with them. And if you want them to change, it's gonna be hard, because it's like, because it, for me, I think, dude, it, I, I know, I know. We're in a coronavirus situation uh, and they're still corrupt. Yeah, that's the thing. Nothing can change them anymore. Yeah, I know. I think the problem... Just... I think at the end of the day, they've gone too much to the point that it's actually sad. Um, when it comes to corruption, I genuinely believe that they see politics as a form of business, as a way to gain money. Or, and power, right? And power, definitely. But to really say that, um, to get rid of them, is it for the best? It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, because in a way, it's a principle. It's kind of like a principle at some points because yeah. it's hard. You can get rid of that individual, but you can't get rid of the principle of it. And Please. I think that's the hard part yeah, of... um. Like, yeah, it's just one person. It's not the principle. So... I think there's a need for a lot of people to actually care about politics, get, get themselves into yeah. it, and influence people to say, hey. the roots of it, diba? Right? Mm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think the issue of corruption boils down to our love for our country. I don't think we genuinely love our country like we used to. Yeah, we're proud to be Filipinos, but would we say we love our country? What, what are we even proud of? I think we're just proud of the culture that we built. That's, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, sure, the food is good. The food is good. I mean, seasick is good. Okay, welcome back, Kenji, to the GS Podcast. I think it's like the culture, like the people who... I think it's like the idea of a certain Filipino showing his influence to the world. And I think that's what makes us proud, is that, hey, he's a Filipino. Is that it? Because that's how I see it. It's like, hey, that's a Filipino. We're just proud of celebrities. Yeah, for me, that's my... Dude, a lot of people would try to um, connect the dots with Bruno Mars being Filipino. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, Filipino, support. But yeah, but thinking about it, does this being does him being Filipino actually helped him at all at his career? I have, n- I don't think but so. Not really. It's just no, about it his, matter. Nothing. It's just about his talents and the hard work that people done. The only Filipino thing about him is his blood, if that's you know if he's actually Filipino. But other than that, he's Bruno Mars. Yeah, right? And that's some. So I really don't. I just don't really get that you know kind of culture where once we know we know a celebrity has a Filipino blood, we're just gonna say, "Wow, proud to be Pinoy." Because yeah. that's how I. S- I mean, sure. If that's the only thing you're proud of, then I'm really sad for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's more to you than just being Filipino. Yeah, it's just not... You don't need and a certain someone, basically. You just need to present yourself. Like, present yourself as a country that... Yes, we are these people. Yes, we are proud of who we are. We are proud of the things that we made. We are proud of the things that we influence with our family and friends and our children for the future. You just don't need... An, and you know... Yeah. And I'm really glad that we have started to embrace OPM artists, so, you know, such as Force. Four of Spades, you know, Ben and Ben. Mm-hmm. And, and they are truly Filipino and we truly have to be proud of them. Mm, that, that, yeah, that's what I'm proud of, yes. Definitely. I'm proud of And that. slowly but surely, I actually see the Philippines loving local um, products more often. Um, local films are being supported more often than not. Um, but Even old writing systems. Nah. Mm. But... Filipino indie films? Yes. Yes. No, that's nice shit right I want there. to I want to watch those but I just can't find with yeah. Yeah. But to say yeah, even the old writing styles like AJ said um by Bayin was one of them but a lot of um, people, a lot of scholars would say by Bayin isn't even the primary writing style that we used to have in the Philippines. But I don't know the name of that actual writing style that was prominent back in the day, but um, if I 
No, to be, I won't tell you. To be honest, I don't really even like care about it anymore because we're not even fluent with Tagalog. Y- yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, okay, to our <laughs> listeners, there's a thing called Konya and it's basically someone Mm, how do I say this? Who's Taglish. Taglish. It's a combination Who's of... Tagalog and English, yeah. basically. But this... Yeah. Okay, just to clarify, though. I know konyo in Spanish is not a good word. So, just to clarify that up, konyo in Philippines is not swearing. It's not the V. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Oh, it's actually the V? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it is. I think it is. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, but just yeah. So Kanye, like yeah, most of us here are no, not most of us. All of us here in this podcast, we're Kanye in some sense. Yeah. Like we would say that yeah. um, we aren't um, the what's That's, that other stereotype of um, other types of Filipinos. Um, I don't want to say the it. English caraba. Yon, yon, what AJ said. Okay. JJ and yeah. the English caraba. So. Wait, what's an English carabao? Yeah, so actually, essentially, they, um, actually, uh, an English carabao has a very strong Filipino accent when they speak English. So, it's the reverse of Konyo. This feels like Manny Pacquiao. Mm. Does it not? Mm-hmm. Oh, but by the way, this is a episode about Kenji. Where where are we going? I, I don't at? know, man. We're just going deep. <laughs> man, into this. this honestly, guys, if you're friends with me I think we're gonna go to this point where we're just talking about something else and damn here we are yeah. like honestly that's one of the things okay. I love about our Kenji, my con- here's a here's a here's a question for yeah, you I'm sorry listeners if you became a politician mm-hmm. how would you encourage Filipino to be nationalistic nationalistic that's a good question because you want just to look around a- you is this something you'd be proud of like um Particularly in you my, know, you see beggars on the street. You see child. You, you, you yeah, see kids particularly in my province, like we have this. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what to call it. Um, I guess a swamp, like a, like a, it's a mangrove forest, right? And every time I look at it, when I went there, it was nice to look at, but there are some trash over there. Like it's ruining it for me. Like I see litter in the waters, and I'm just like. Why is this? And this is something we need. To, we are proud of, man. If we can't even take care of our country in terms of like um, proper garbage disposal, then is it something we need to be proud of? It seems mm-hmm. messy. I don't like it. And just look around you. How can you be happy if you see your fellow Filipinos? Starving to death, no houses, no jobs, no proper shelter and clothing. Is that something you can live by? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot. There's a lot to tackle, Diba. It's a. But like, what would be the first thing that you'd like, you know, to change, fix? The first yeah. thing I really want to fix. Oh man, what would that be? Like, if it's gonna be in my province, particularly. Um, it would definitely be the proper um, transition to um, a province to an urban area. It's a scary transition because most people here, especially the fishermen, the farmers, they need their they need their lands to you know do their jobs. If we were to become an urban area. I fear that it will have severe consequences in the environment and a lot of people will lose their jobs because of that. So that's something we need to well, look if, out for. If you're going to create if you're going to create a urban environment, they, they could always like, you know, just change their job to something else, diba? Yeah, but the I thing mean, working that city not But the thing is about um fishermen or fisher folks of they don't have like a college degree. They don't have a high school education. Mm-hmm. Some of them didn't even study in the first place. That's what they've known for most of their lives. And that being stripped away from you is actually terrifying. But like, just imagine, actually the Philippines is quite large in terms of length. And there's so many islands that are still underdeveloped. So maybe, you know, we can... Can extend like we extend our help well, that's yeah. true but help. um the problem yeah. there is is the fact that 
there aren't enough opportunities in those rural islands. The reason why there are a lot of people in the cities, especially in Manila, in Metro Manila, is because of the opportunities that they have. With opportunity, they think that they have. Yeah. I mean, if everybody had opportunity, you, we wouldn't see that much, you know, squatters area. Really. But to say that there's a better place for job opportunity in the Philippines is um, ludicrous to say. So, yeah. And the problem is too much of, too much of our power is centered into one place lang. Eh. Yeah. Diba? Considering the fact that... It's just in Metro Manila. Yeah, which is kind of unfortunate because the Philippines is um, very diverse. That's diba? true. It's either Cebu or Metro Manila. That's, that's, that's the only two... You know, two provinces that are actually very rich. So that's. But how about the how about the rest of the province, mm-hmm. diba? Yeah. So yeah, definitely something so, that needs to be sorry. tackled with. But <laughs> as of the date, I'm still a college student. Mm-hmm. I need to learn my part. <laughs> I this is okay. Uh, going back to Kenji's story, I really like how he thinks. That's what I like about Kenji because it's like. When I list, when we do share late night talks, we always like combine it like in a deep way, and that's what I like about it. And I gotta say, how could uh, how do I say, how do I ask you this? Um, what what um, what influenced you to think like this? What what made you like basically? What made you think to, like, like this? Like to really think about things. Yeah. Like, um, I guess it was. The fact that I suffered so much without knowing the reason why. I wanted to understand why. I was, um, I'd say, motivated to know why this was happening to me. And I wanted to know why. I was be questioning a lot of things in my life. And I wasn't trying to answer them. So I guess it just came naturally for me to attempt to answer these questions to go deep into it because i love what's, when, i love what's it. great is that yeah yeah w- w- what's great about it is that you know we all had the time to like reflect you know we're not busy all the time and that's what's great because even if you keep on working all the time when do you really have the time to think for yourself deeper mm-hmm. so it's it's it'll be nice to be bored for once in a while yeah, and that really once in a while, mind. like um, while you're just waiting in the car or something, commuting or like mm-hmm. going home from work or something, I think you can you have time to at least think about something while you're driving or sitting at the back of the car. You have Definitely. time to think. Like, what else would you be doing? Like, while you stare in the road or something, you're probably thinking of something. Uh, so Kenji, um, would you say that? You found yourself like you were able to understand yourself you're able to, you're able to identify who yourself as a person and what you want to do i'd say that there are some parts of myself that i definitely don't know about but i'd say that thinking a lot and like questioning a lot of things definitely cleared up a lot of things that i've been um struggling with and like in a previous episode i think that you know one of the best ways of knowing yourself is really through action diba? or how you do things in your life right or how you make certain decisions you know because sitting there and just thinking about yourself it's it's a hard thing to do let's be honest right because the more we think the more complicated things actually get but you know we can only do a certain amount of things in life or how we perform them. And through that actions that we do, we really get to know ourselves, diba? We get to know whether we're perfectionists or we, you know, we're more of the practical kind of person. So I suggest, you know, to people out there that who still don't know themselves, just like the previous episode, I think all you have to do is to be patient. Yeah, right? that's true. Just be patient and, and it will come to you naturally. It will come to you naturally. And I'd say that... Um, Accents do speaker do speak louder than words. Do speak louder. Yeah, yes. exactly. So the idea is simply it will come up naturally, like AJ said, and just do your thing. Diba? And you you you, do, you may not even notice it, but you're actually doing the thing 
that people know you by. And you're actually representing who you are na, when you're doing your thing. So that's something to think about. So that definitely made me like, um, here's a thing that I question with self. Like, um, there's another psychological um, concept that um, in psychology, there are parts of the self that you're meant to know through yourself only. I think it's called the Johares window, if I'm not mistaken. Like, there are segments of the self where certain people can, like, identify oneself. Like, there are parts that only you would know. There are other parts that only people will know about you. And there are other parts that people that sees, like, everyone can agree that this is you. But there's that one part that nobody knows, but it's you. So, yeah, it definitely does raise a lot of questions about the self. And definitely... It's fun. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know what to say about it. It's a journey. Do you know? Do you dare actually reveal the part that nobody knows about yeah. you? Not even yeah. us. Would you dare? Like maybe late at night you choke yourself or hang yourself. <laughs> oh god. Um that kind of part. Oh I wouldn't even know. You know what I mean? Like I feel like sometimes we assume that people know who we are, but deep down we're just like, "Oh damn. You didn't know about this about me?" I was surprised. And you, you know, and when people know you, that's actually their own version of you. Right? Yeah, like how people perceive me is definitely how is definitely different to how I perceive myself. Person, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's based on a person entirely. So And when that and, But I'm really curious though. Like we have this part of us that nobody knows? Yeah, apparently. Like yeah. um in the Johares um window, I think it talks about how there is something, like, it's something natural, I think. And that... How, how does it get revealed, though? Like, how does it, you know, I, express itself? I think you don't know it, but it's there. Oh. You know what I mean? It's, so it's, even I don't know it myself. Yeah, like, it's there. I guess people just don't point it out. You know what I mean? Can you say it's something like the unconscious? I guess it's close to it, I suppose. Diva? Something that we're unconscious of. Okay. Okay, that's a, that's that's interesting. I never heard of that. I'll definitely check that out later. So overall, what can you like, like Kenji? What can you like tell our listeners? Like, what can we learn from your story, and what do you want to tell them about? Um, mm, I'd say, I'd say, um, um, definitely take the time to grow. It's okay to feel this way because at the end of the day, this helps you shape the person you are. Yeah, we go through a lot of things in life and yes, it's okay to feel angry about it or sad about it. But at the end of the day, don't let the past like conquer your future. The past may be tragic, but you can make a bright future for yourself. Be the change you want to see. That's what I would say. Okay, okay. Um, just another question. Last nato. What's the point of knowing yourself? Yeah, that's a good. What's the purpose of knowing yourself? I mean, if you don't know yourself, then how could you pretend? How could you even like express yourself? I don't think you can mm-hmm. make genuine connections with people if you don't express yourself to them. The fact that you're expressing yourself to them. Um, gives a way of um, giving your trust to them. You trust them by giving something personal to them. Mm-hmm. So definitely... How about you, Trini, then? Yeah. What about you, Trini? For me? Why do you think it's important to know yourself? Well, it... Like, what if you go through the rest of your life not knowing yourself and living the lives of the others? See, that's, that's the thing. You need to know, like I said, like with the with my episode, it's when you have to you have to accept yourself, and that's like a way of knowing yourself. If you accept yourself, you learn more about yourself. You learn the things that tick you off. You learn the things that makes you who you are. And learning is important, and especially learning about yourself is what defines you. And that's why I think it's really important to know to know yeah. you. Then you then you know other people, because if you just know people right away. 
let's just say you just know people because of because that's how people think about you or know about you then that's not you that's just basically an image that they give you you're not you that's true you're just an image and that's why I think it's important to know yourself in this way yeah it's scary once you like think about everything like like you dwell into yourself but it it helps you in the end so why not go for it why not okay guys I think we have to end it Mm -hmm. thank you guys for listening to our sixth episode of DJS podcast and you know we discussed a lot of things today which is very cool and I really enjoyed the show so and we we forgot one thing you know what was your song recommendation Kenji oh definitely um today's song recommendation would be the real thing by Halapana 1995 and the reason why I chose this song was because I felt like this was the thing that we were talking about in today's podcast and these parts of the lyrics stood out for me it was I want the real thing or nothing at all I need someone that I can be sure will catch me if I should fall damn so yeah definitely this yeah, someone's in love this right here is the real thing you know okay I trust you guys so for our next episode then we in- we will invite one of our friends again yay and his name is Dexter Buenaventura hey, and he's a YouTuber the man, he is, the myth yeah, the legend he's a YouTuber with how many subscribers I think 5 million subscribers that <laughs> that's your, amazing is that that's it? amazing no He's uh, currently trending right now. <laughs> he is currently top one in YouTube trending. Hey. And yeah, but you know, we hope that you stick around for the next episode. Yes. And yeah, we hope that you enjoy this episode a lot. And we have made some, I have made some stupid mistake on this episode. <laughs> and I hope that you would notice it. <laughs> okay, guys, um, expect a lot of bloopers in this episode. 